Throughout the history of the world, there are moments where people can look back and say, that was a pivotal moment. That moment shaped the world around it. That was a crucial moment in time. There are moments like the reign of Alexander the Great, or the period of the Pax Roma, where the Roman Empire had a period of peace and rule. Or there are moments like the bubonic plague in Europe in the 1300s or the American Revolution, or a moment in 1989 when the internet was created. Those moments shaped the world around them. They shaped the course of history. And we can spend all day talking about those moments. But there are also moments for the people of God that shape who they are. There are several of those moments, and this morning I would argue to you that one of the greatest moments in history that shaped the people of God was the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, we have what is known as the greatest sermon ever preached. It is called the Sermon on the Mount. And I believe that that moment is a crucial moment for the people of God. Jesus is at the beginning of his ministry, and he's starting to draw this crowd around him. People are starting to follow him, and they have interest in who he is, and he gathers on the side of a mountain, and he begins to preach. He begins to tell them that if you are going to follow me, if you're going to continue to follow me, this is who you must be. This is what you must do. If you ask the people of the day and the religious leaders what it meant to be a kingdom citizen, They would have given you a list of rules. They would have said, keep these rules, and they would harp on those rules. Do these or else. But when Jesus gets this opportunity for these people, and he gets to tell them about what it means to follow him, he doesn't harp on rules. He begins to talk about character and the development of their character. And that is especially true here at the beginning of this Sermon on the Mount. This morning, I want to start a series of lessons that will take us through, I think, January, February, and March in the Sermon on the Mount, looking at what it means to follow Jesus. And this morning, we begin with the Beatitudes, the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. The Beatitudes are a short way of also saying beautiful attitudes. This is what the follower of Jesus must have. Jesus begins to list characteristics and blesses those characteristics. And I want to tell you up front that these Beatitudes, they are an upside-down way of thinking. They are an upside-down way of thinking because we don't normally think this way. When Jesus says, blessed are the poor, we don't think that the poor are blessed. When he says, blessed are the hungry, we don't usually think those people are blessed. But they are an upside-down way of thinking. I invite you to join me in Matthew chapter 5, and we'll start in verse 1, and we'll read through verse 12. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and other all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before them. Jesus gives blessings to these characteristics. And the word blessed means to have favor upon, to show favor to. And he begins with the poor in spirit. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. I think it's important to note that Jesus is not talking about those that are financially poor or those that have money problems. What he is talking about is a spiritual poverty, a spiritual poor, being spiritually poor, a spiritual beggar. Blessed are those that are needy for God, those that recognize their need for Him, those that say, I can do nothing by myself, I can do nothing of my own, I need God. And it's those people that Jesus says, they're blessed. A good verse that talks about the attitude of this, John chapter 5, verse 30, Jesus says, I can do nothing of my own, I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John chapter 5, verse 30. That is the attitude of the poor in spirit. Somebody says, I can't do anything by myself. I can't do nothing of my own. I need God. And Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is for those people that recognize their need. He goes on and he says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I want you to notice right away that these beatitudes, they're not random thoughts. They progress. If you are poor in spirit, if you recognize that you can do nothing of yourself, you mourn. You cry over that. And Jesus says, when you mourn, you are comforted. What Jesus is talking about here is a godly sorrow. Mourning over the things that make God sad. Crying over the things that sadden the heart of God. Weeping over what the world laughs at. Jesus wept on several occasions. Jesus wept when Lazarus was in the tomb and he saw what sin does to people and he wept. He cried. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus weeps over the city of Jerusalem, says, Woe to the city of Jerusalem, for they will not accept me. He wept over that. He was sad over the things that God was sad over. And so mourning leads to comfort, conviction leads to repentance. Jesus goes on, verse 5, and he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That word meek is also another word for being gentle and tender. A person that is kind-hearted. In the Greek language, the, the word meek is also used to describe a tame animal, a soothing medicine, a mild word, or a gentle breeze. Jesus says, Blessed is the man whose character is that of a gentle breeze, is that of, of a tame animal. Our world looks at meek and looks at meekness and says it's a weakness. It's a sign of weakness. But Jesus says, no. If you are meek, you will inherit the earth. If you are meek, you are blessed. He goes on and he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jesus is talking about here a craving for spiritual nourishment, a craving for God that is so 
so alive that you don't want anything else. I want you to picture this for a moment. You're sitting there in a restaurant and the waiter comes to you and he brings out the menu. And you open the menu and you start to read off and the waiter starts to read it to you and tell you all of the things that are on the menu. And then you close your menu and you say thank you and you get up and you walk out. Are you fed? Did you eat? No, because you didn't order any food on the menu. You didn't eat any of that food that was on the menu. I think it's easy for us today to be satisfied with just reading the menu. We show up with our Bibles to Sunday morning. We may have somebody read the menu to us, but when it comes to living out there, we don't really eat the food. We don't really hunger and thirst for God himself. Don't just be satisfied with reading the menu. Look for God himself. Look for him to satisfy that hunger and that thirst. God doesn't want us just to read the menu. He wants us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Verse 7, he says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Being merciful is not just feeling sorry for somebody. Not just feeling sorry because somebody is in a rough situation. Being merciful is also taking action towards that. It is pity plus action. Being merciful is something that you do. We can't expect God to give us His mercy when we won't extend that same mercy to somebody else. And Jesus says, if you are merciful to others, then God is merciful to you. Blessed is that person. He goes on and he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall be called, for they shall see God. When Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, he is calling for people to be authentic, to be authentic on the inside and the out. That was something that the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day were not. Read what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 23, verse 25. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside you are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, and the outside also may be clean. Being pure in heart means that we are authentic people on the inside, making sure the inside is clean. And when the inside is clean, the outside will be clean as well. A good attitude for the pure in heart comes from Psalm 139, verse 23 through 24. These are the words of David, a man after God's own heart. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there may be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Being pure in heart means that we are unmixed, unaltered, and unallied. Jesus also says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Notice he says, blessed are the peacemakers and not peacekeepers. There's a difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. That peacemaker is just looking for a way to get out of conflict, not really standing by the truth. But the peacemaker stands by the truth and looks for ways to build bridges. And Jesus says, blessed is that man. The idea of peace was very important to the Jew. 
It is the Jewish word shalom. That word has an idea of wholeness, fullness, completeness. And so when you wished a person, a person shalom, you weren't just saying, oh, peace be with you and whatever you do may not have any conflict. No, you were wishing that person a complete life, a whole life, a full life. And that is what the person who is blessed that Jesus says must be. Jesus brought peace. And as peacemakers, we are extending that peace to other people. And then last but not least, Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He goes on and says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evils against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For so they persecuted the prophets before you. Jesus says, Blessed are the persecuted. I find that odd because here today I think we, we pray all the time. God, thank you for no persecution. Thank you that we can gather without persecution. But here's Jesus and he says, blessed are those who are persecuted. You are blessed because you are persecuted. He's talking about those that have been rejected by men. He says, if you are rejected by men, but you are approved by God. I want you to think for a moment about these people and the lives that they had to leave behind. Jesus is telling them that they will face opposition when they follow him. They will face persecution. Their lives are going to change. Following Jesus will cost you. It will always cost you. Being a follower of Jesus is not just about being a pretty good person. Jesus was letting them know that following him was going to interfere with their lives. Following Jesus will interfere with our lives. And I would argue if it's not interfering in our lives, then maybe we need to question if we're really following him. To Jesus, persecution is a blessing because it shows that you are truly following him as you face that opposition. So thank you guys as we went through all of those Beatitudes. And now I want to talk for a moment about them as a whole. That word blessed. Jesus says, blessed are you. God has shown favor to you, to the poor, to the hungry, to the merciful. He is defining what it means to be a disciple. But he is also redefining that, that word blessed. When Jesus is doing this, it is the opposite of what we typically, typically think. We usually think of blessings as, oh, I have so much. I'm rich. I'm so blessed. We usually think of those people that are blessed as the ones at the top of the ladder. But Jesus says the ones on the bottom are actually the ones who are blessed because that ladder is actually upside down. Think for a moment of the people that Jesus is talking to. Jesus is creating a group of followers, and he's creating a winning culture. And he actually says... These beatitudes, they are a winning formula to the losers of society. That's what's around them. It's a bunch of losers, a bunch of nobodies. Read Matthew chapter 4, verse 24. Jesus says, so fame, so fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pain, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. 
These are the low lives that Jesus is speaking to. These are the low lives of society. And these are the people that have been cast out. People who had no rights or no privileges in the culture around them. They were marginalized and they were fifth wills to the people around them. These were people who could have been in prison or killed at any moment. And nobody would have looked down on that. The one imprisoning them or killing them would have had no consequences. These are people that probably never have eaten a piece of meat in their life. Meat was very expensive in that day, and it was only consumed on rare occasions. So it was only up for that high class. And so these people probably have never even seen a piece of meat in their life. These are people who had to struggle day in and day out just to find a drop of clean water. Think about that for a minute. And these are people that Jesus says, you are blessed. You're blessed. They would think, no, we're not. Jesus, no, we're not. But he says, you are blessed. These are people that are losers in society, but Jesus actually tells them that they're winners. He tells these people that they think they're, that they aren't really blessed. These types of people are the ones that Jesus calls blessed. The religious leaders of the day, they assumed that the kingdom was for them, and they assumed that, that they were the ones that were blessed. Jesus says, no, they're not. These people are. These people are. We often read the Beatitudes like a list of things to do. Oh, we have to do this. We have to be poor in spirit. We have to do all of this. But they're not a list of things to do. They're the type of person that we must become. And these people that Jesus is talking to, they were already there. They were already poor in spirit because they had nothing. They could do nothing. And so they were already there, and it was easier for them than it was for us. It would have made sense if Jesus said, Blessed are the strong and the mighty and the rich and the powerful. Jesus didn't say that. He said, Blessed are the poor and the merciful and the meek and the hungry, and the thirsty, and the peacemakers, and the persecuted. When you thank God for your blessings, when you thank Him for what He has blessed you with, what do you usually thank Him for? Do you thank Him for the good stuff or the bad stuff as well? Do you name the strong and the weak blessings? Do you name the hurt and the disappointment, the heartache and the struggle, Jesus redefines here what it means to be blessed. And these are the people that he wants to follow him. Being a disciple of Jesus is not just for the people who think they have it all figured out. I think we often get caught up thinking that. The promises of God are not just for people who have it all figured out. Church, Christianity, and Jesus aren't just for the people that are dressed up. It's for those that are messed up too. Jesus is telling these people here today, you thought that you were the losers, but you're actually the winners. You thought you were the ones on the bottom, but you're actually the ones on the top of an upside-down ladder. You thought you were cursed, but you are the ones that are blessed.